You're listening to a very special Long Box Crusade episode. The 12 Days of Crusademus, 2019. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three franchises, two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Two Hitman's Hitmanning. Hello and welcome to the second installment of the 12 Days of Crusademus, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. The 12 Days of Crusademus is our gift to the comic-loving podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some often-overlooked comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each day of the 12 Days of Crusademus, we'll bring you a new hidden gem of a comic series brought to you either by one of our Jingling All The Way co-hosts or one of our podcast celebrity guests. Until we get all the way to December 25th, Christmas Day, where all the good kids get presents and Jared gets a lump of coal. Sky Striker! <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't go there, don't go there. <laughs> I'm your host for this second day of Crusademus, Jason Albrick, a.k.a. Weasel Skull. And here are the right jolly old elves joining me for today's unwrapping. And we will start it off with the father of this podcast, Pat Sampson. How are you today on this fine holiday morning, sir? Well, have a holiday jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know what you've been told, but have some cup of cheer. Speaking of cup of cheer, you guys may want to put that eggnog down. I heard some rummaging around in the middle of the night, and I found Sean wandering pantsless uh, over by the eggnog dish. So that, there, that is oh, unsettling. He must have got back be, from Mongo. Yeah, there may be a couple more eggs that uh, got added to that eggnog, if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, welcome, Pat. And now we'll talk to Jared, my brother from my actual mother, the guy who gets the Sky Striker while I get the ring. How are you today, Death Girl? I saw MJ kissing Santa Claus. Kissing Santa Claus. Ah, you ate the tree last night. That wasn't Santa Claus. <laughs> she wasn't kissing him on the mouth either, but we'll leave it at that. <laughs> And I hope everybody's having a great Christmas. This is just an awesome December. Delvin and I are very much looking forward to our Auburn Tigers playing in the playoffs later on this month. Absolutely. All right. All right. I hope this comes true. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, there might be some extra editing going on here. You shut your mouth. You shut your damn mouth. (laughs) 
I'm with you guys. Uh, let's all go. In. Yeah. What a season those Auburn Tigers had this year. This, I, this will be a good playoff series. Speaking of Delvin, let's pass it over to the dark web himself. How are you this holiday morning, sir? I am very good. And here at the festively decorated Long Boss Crusade Studios, I have, for all of you guys, hung up stockings by the fireplace with care. There are some fishnets for you, Jason. There are some lace ones for Jared. There's the ones that just come out of the egg for Pat. I got stuff for you all. Oh, thank you so much, Delvin. We really appreciate that. And guys, I don't want to make anybody nervous, but there's somebody that's sneaking around here. He looks pretty shady. Who's that guy in the corner that's like eating our food and, and rummaging through our presents? Your friend. He didn't come with me. Well, I started at an Airbnb for the holidays here at the, at the LBC right. Studios. Studio I figured. I don't know. I heard he he looks kind of shady. He talks kind of funny, but yeah, he oh, put wait down a the money. That's our friend Paul Hicks. Oh, uh, oh, Paul, how hey. are you doing? I'm good, good, good. Is this all you got to drink? Oh uh, no, no. What are you looking for? Well, I've drank all this stuff. Where's the other stuff? Uh oh. <laughs> oh, here <laughs> we go. Sean. <laughs> Sean. Oh, See, we, we thought we were crazy by American standards, but we are not. <laughs> we're messing with an Aussie now. I'll <laughs> be damned if I give the key to the liquor cabinet to the Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. Oh, Sean. We'll, we'll see if we can weasel that key off of him later on, Paul. Thanks for joining us today. Merry Christmas. And what do you have gift wrapped in that stocking? Well, as you may have heard in the singing intro that I did, today is a two Hitman's Hit Manning, which means we're unwrapping. Hitman number 34 from DC Comics in 1999. So, um, yeah, you guys ever heard of Hitman? I yes. have heard of Hitman, yes. I've read a couple Hitman issues in, in my day. I really have not, so I was kind of interested on a little background on him. If you want to know about Hitman, it's basically, he's a, well, he has superpowers, which he got through the Bloodlines event, which is not a very good event. I think it's like 42 out of 100, just off okay. the top of my head. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he he's in the DC Universe. He has some superpowers, but about halfway through his series, he just forgets about them because Garth Ennis didn't want to write that anymore. Um, and it's created by <laughs> Garth Ennis and John McRae, who are both from Northern Ireland originally. And Garth Ennis is horribly talented because he broke into comics around the age of 19. And uh, his career really took off with Hellblazer when he was like 21. And I think he created Hitman around the time he was 24. He wrote The Demon for a while, and that's where um, the Hitman first appeared. And then Hitman got his own series. And uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. That's just, uh, yeah, my opinion. So there's some vague familiarity with Hitman. But what, what about you, Jared? I I remember Hitman on the shelf, but I never really read him. I think I, I caught him tangentially here and there. But, but yeah, so I was interested in the, in this pick, and I appreciate you bringing it. Ah, and Delvin? I remember it when it came out, sort of, kind of. I particularly remember a reading like a Hitman 1 million. <laughs> yes. That, that was completely unhinged. I remember that much about it. It was, I'll get more into Garth Ennis later, so I won't spoil it. <laughs> Anyway, um, I've asked you to read this issue today because, well, I was thinking there is a Christmas issue of Hitman, but um, it's kind of one of those ones that's just kind of silly and a bit mean-spirited, and I didn't think it fit very well with the festive season. And I'm trying to sell Hitman to you guys because I think it's a series you would all get a lot out of. So I basically picked 
the very best standalone issue, which is um, one where uh, Hitman meets Superman. So that's why I picked that one. Anyway, um, should I tell you what happens in this issue, even though you read it all and you're lazy? <laughs> <laughs> let's, give, let's give the listeners Let's, let's pretend stuff. that I didn't read it and I need oh. someone to read it. <laughs> right, were we, we supposed we, to read we, something? Um, here we go. Here we go. I was going to ask Jared, are we pretending you didn't read it? or <laughs> You know, let's just follow the script. You know, we don't need to judge. Right. I was told to watch out for this one. <laughs> I was I was waiting how long it was going to be before Pat dropped the watch out joke. <laughs> Why don't you roll off a, a brief summary there, Paul? All right, gather around, children. Everybody Sit got enough uh, in your drinks while you listen to Paul. Yes. Yes. Okay. Good to go. Need a pipe? I, I'm trying a oh. new flavor out. A little Christmas blend. Uh, I got to stay lucid for this. Okay. All right. Just checking. It's candy cane flavor. <laughs> Pat. Oh yeah. Come on. Okay. Kid. Okay, kid, Paul. Kid. Mixed with a little peyote, I think. <laughs> All right, so Tommy Monaghan, the titular hitman, is smoking and reading on top of a Gotham rooftop when he turns and gets the shock of his life. Superman is standing on the same roof. He tentatively introduces himself and they start chatting. Superman reveals that he's tear taking a moment here because he failed. He tells Tommy about the experimental space shuttle Jaeger that launched yesterday. Earlier tonight, as it flew past the Justice League watchtower on the moon, its engines overheated and triggered a failure in the reactor core. Superman responded, entering the airlock to find out why the astronauts hadn't evacuated. The crew explains how they lost their Captain Kennedy already and they can't evacuate due to the radiation in the bay. Superman enters the bay and holds the reactor door shut long enough for the crew to evacuate, but sees Captain Kennedy is still alive under panels under the bay floor. Their eyes lock just before the reactor blows. He struggles with knowing people expect that he will save them, and sometimes he can't. Sometimes he lets them down. Tommy tells Superman that he can't expect to live up to how people see him, but he should know that he embodies everything that is great about America. People come from all over the world and won't let go of their prejudices and suspicions, but Superman shows them how it's done, coming from the planet Krypton but saying, I'm American, what can I do to help? There are people who aren't part of the solution, like Fix Kernahan, the lawyered-up mobster in the building across the road, but there are plenty of others who are trying to make things better. Superman thanks Tommy, signs an autograph for all the boys at Noonan's bar, then flies off, feeling much more encouraged. Tommy smiles, pulls out a sniper rifle, and takes out Figs, then calls his mate Nat to tell him about his unbelievable night. All right, so how did you feel about this issue, guys? I remember reading that, totally. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I believe you, Jared. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, why don't we start off with Delvin? Delvin, what did you think about the issue and the concept? I'll talk about the issue a little bit first. It was very, um, I'm glad, Paul, that you mentioned that page. I could take that page that Hitman uh, slash a little bit of Garth Ennis talks about what America's supposed to be. And yep. that hit home. I was like, oh, that was, I mean, I have no idea how old Garth was when he wrote that, but I mean, he took it and he knocked it out of the park. That is what America should be. You should be an alien and should be able to come over here and say, what can I do to help? And uh, I hope more people remember that. Now about the book itself, I couldn't tell you a single power of Hitman, but you know, clearly dot 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 he's a hitman <laughs> so watch out and that's and that's, <laughs> you get all, that? and, and that's all i needed to know and, and i'll mention the part about garth ennis as well i know that between hitman and the punisher garth is not a huge fan of the tights and the bright colors and the costume set because every now and again they'd have him they're like i guess the editors would tell him with punisher look 
you got to put in Spider-Man. And he put it in like in this issue of Spider-Man, Spider-Man immediately goes unconscious. Punisher uses him basically as like a punching bag. Like it was just. He had a team up. You did great. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like he, he does not like the superhero set, but I give him a ton of credit for how he used Superman in this book to he kind of made Superman more human, even though if you, you can kind of flip that on his ear if you think about it. And it's like. Superman is so awesome and perfect that he made a mistake that one time and was like, I need somebody to remember this. I made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Garth Ennis, is, he's well known for his contempt for just about every single superhero, except for Superman and Wonder Woman, I believe. And I think it's because of their archetypal nature and the fact that their origins as characters. And I think, you know, that's why he respects them. Like, I understand he has a lot of problems with Captain America because he thinks there was so much human heroism in the war that it really undermines that to have a superhero in the war as well. Interesting. Yeah, and he's written a lot of great war comics as well. You can tell he has a lot of respect and love for history and military history as well. So I could see where that would be problematic for him. Uh, what about you, Pat? What did you think of this? Well, I thought this was a very interesting story between Superman and the Hitman. Um, not knowing who the Hitman is and what powers he has, I'm, I'm interested in finding out what powers he actually has. Do you want um, me to? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so basically he can see through walls, but it gives him a headache so bad that he hardly ever does it. So uh, That's it? That's it. And he can read minds if he tries really hard. But as I said, pretty much into the series, Garth Ennis decided that he didn't want it to be a crutch in the series, so he basically okay. stopped using it. He becomes more Punisher-like? Well, he does hits for money, so he's not okay. motivated like the Punisher, but he tends to kill people who deserve to be killed. Sure. Um, so that in that regard, he's a bit similar to the Punisher. So Is that why he wears the sunglasses all the time? Yeah, because his eyes are sort of black looking so that oh. he doesn't have pupils oh, okay. so he wears that to stop freaking people out i got it all right you know i found it interesting especially at the end i'm like man you know this guy seems to know a lot about things and you know very good with relating to superman kind of bringing superman down to earth and just you know saying hey you're just a regular guy just like everybody else people look up to you because of what you do and that then the last few pages is like oh Oh, wow. That was kind of interesting. <laughs> Did you not see that swerve coming? I saw no, it coming. No, I saw it coming. <laughs> but no, I didn't because I have not read a hitman so i didn't know really what he did mm. you know i can think of i thought about <laughs> oh no wonder why it's called i think hitman. it's got in the title there <laughs> well you know hey i thought it was maybe something else but he's really i didn't know what his power was and that's and that's what blew me away too is like <laughs> he's a professional out. wrestler like Brett yeah. the hitman art yeah hits man <laughs> Mm. Uh, so I thank you for giving me a little more background on him. Um, it does definitely sound interesting. The artwork in this was interesting as well, too. It was somewhat very well done, but I don't know. Is it kind of heavy inked? So I've asked Jared, is it more heavier inked? It is. Um, it okay. But is it supposed to be that way? Is that the kind of style of this? Yeah, it was definitely the style of the book. So, okay. John McRae draws people pretty chunky. So Yeah, okay. That's the other thing, too. It's like a little... Thick and chunky. I like them big. I like them chunky. <laughs> <laughs> 
but very a very interesting story like you said it, it's just a good one one-off story combined and you get to see superman kind of you know just an average guy and boy could you, you just imagine the thoughts that superman has everything he has to deal with in a daily basis i also like the way they were talking about batman as well too you know they gave you a little you know kind of friendly side of how batman and superman kind of react together and what superman thoughts are on batman sometimes so very interesting there's some classic meetings between tommy and batman very early on in the series and uh, the first time they meet batman punches him in the stomach and he throws up a curry on batman (laughs) (laughs) how many issues did this one run it went 60 issues with specials and annuals so yeah quite a few years yeah yeah we're about the halfway point yeah pretty much and it it ended when it was the story was told there was no cancellation or anything like that so it has a legit ending unlike many other comics interesting jared we heard from you on this we have not that's all i have (laughs) (laughs) he's been frantically trying to read it this whole time hang on hang on hang on okay i'm ready (laughs) and then superman said I'll echo a lot of what the fellows said. For Negative Nancy, the only thing that I felt after I finished reading it was, while it was a good issue, I don't know if it was a good representation of the whole series, because it really felt like one of those message issues from the writer. And I'll be honest with you, while I'm being Negative Nancy, normally I'm like, I I don't dig on message issues. I'm like, okay, yeah, you got a platform, you're going to put out your message. Message wasn't bad, but I'm like, I want to know what's going on in the world of the Hitman. Not so interested in the message of Garth Ennis. But it was a good message, and he wrote it really well and I was really engaged in the Superman storyline, you know, Superman burying his soul and not being able to save someone is not something you see a lot. So it was unique and it was a good read and I don't regret reading it at all. But I'm just wondering is this the flavor of Hitman or are there more like this was more of a one and done message book. I'm more interested to see what a more average issue would be like. If you could give us a peek into that, Paul, I'd appreciate it. And if not, I'll just have to wonder. The series is really violent. It's very funny at times. There's a two-parter where someone kills all the uh, animals in an aquarium and then turns them into zombies. And it's called... Uh, z- <laughs> oh, I'm in. I'm in now. <laughs> Zombie night at the Gotham City Aquarium. And it has um, <laughs> Hitman attacking a baby fur seal with a, a baseball bat with nails in it on the cover. So, <laughs> See, this this is tantalizing. It's, so it's, it's bonkers and it's fun with a dark yeah, edge. But, it, I, I but it also gets really serious and it gets, you know, very dark. And, you know, it is about friendship and the cost of violence and, you know, the collateral damage. If, if you um, live a life of violence, then, you know, you can't control the violence in your life, basically. So, yeah. But oh, it, had a, it just had a lot of fun with things. Like, I'm sure if you just started reading the first trade you would be in for the whole series uh, all the way through it's okay. um, really good it'll be on that dc universe app i believe Ooh, i just picked that up when was that fellas when we recorded on wednesday right yep, yep. just wednesday a few months ago oh yeah, yeah. wednesday <laughs> of uh, back in april <laughs> good looking at <laughs> It came out around shazam came out i think <laughs> i just want to add if you're that astronaut how badly did your life suck at the end, right? <laughs> you went out, you tried to do the yeah, good leadership thing, then you get trapped in this impossible situation, and you're like, oh, sweet, Superman can save me. Wow. Really? <laughs> He's like, ah, Superman's on break. <laughs> He's like, there's a list somewhere of people who have seen Superman and then immediately died. It's a short 
checklist, and I'm on it. Up <laughs> <laughs> near the top. Like you, you, you have to get up to heaven at that point and just look at God. Come on, come on, <laughs> really? And how many yeah. times has he saved Lois Lane? After all, I mean, come on, he can't save this poor guy once. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, do you want to say more about it? Don't ever use that phrase. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I do. I want to say more like, I want that Sky Striker. <laughs> no, I think the guys covered it pretty well. The one thing that really surprised me was how well Garth inserted Superman into the story. I'm not used to seeing, I've read a lot of Garth Ennis stuff, aside from like JLA, Kev, that type of oh. thing. Most of his uh, work is pretty grounded. Adventures of the Rifle Brigade and Punisher, of course, and so forth and so on. And, and I'd actually read a few Hitman issues. I'd read a trade a long time ago, and the only thing that stands out is I remember he was trying to get in touch with the Catwoman for whatever reason, and he, like, put a dead cat on the bat signal <laughs> to, to summon her. And I just thought that was hilarious. But anyway, so I knew, you know... That, that's that he, hilarious coming from a cat person. <laughs> Cat man. It's funny. I, I, I thought it. I thought it. I did not say it. We are really in the land down under. We are opposite now. Jason. I thought it was funny. Because she comes there, she shows up and she says something to the effect of that cat better have been dead when you found it. <laughs> Well, at any rate, so I knew that he interacted with the DC superheroes, but seeing Superman in here was actually pretty cool. And I mean, you could like even just looking at the cover, you can see it's really kind of split half and half. You got Superman on one half and then you got Tommy on the other. And Tommy's all looking rough. He's got the stubble. He's got like Band-Aid on his face and everything. And then you've got Superman, of course, clean cut, unruffled. And it really juxtaposes those two characters. And they kind of keep that theme throughout the I kind of chuckled when Hitman would say something like friggin' and then he'd be like, oh, sorry, you know, I didn't mean to curse in front of you. And he was all respectful in front of Superman. And I don't know how much of that was an act and how much he was. No, nah, he's, he's being genuine. Yeah, That's that's, that's the sense I got. He was genuinely in awe of being there in the presence of Superman, but still willing to have this conversation with him and, and share some of his wisdom. So I thought that that was quite charming. What really impressed me was the kind of Superman's side arc when he's telling the story and the art and the story of Superman in space. I was like, holy cow, you know, Garth Ennis can tell a pretty good Superman tale as well. So overall, I was really impressed with the issue. Awesome. Is it time where we start uh, rating our interest in the series using... What are you using? This it's candy canes, isn't it? At Christmas time, it is. We got to pass is. out some candy canes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you get twelve each, oh, and right if you, if get you it, it out 12, of your mouth, Pat. You got come on, <laughs> well, and the candy canes. Um, <laughs> so if you give it twelve, that means you're really interested in it, and if you give it one, then you have no interest in it at all. So, uh, how many candy canes would you rate your interest in pursuing more issues of this title? And there is a correct answer for this I want you all to know Uh Um, so let's go around the room Jason well I kind of broke this down like I usually do with humor heart spectacle and art and I came up with a total of 10 candy canes for this one Paul Mm -hmm. I thought this one was really good that is a good score yeah Uh, what about you in the corner Pat well you know I kind of broke it down too and my normal rating is art humor spectacle and (laughs) something (laughs) Spirit. Pages. Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's an original format that I came up with. Yeah, that's a good idea. For the holidays, man. Yeah. yeah. It's something. Yep. <laughs> I am going to give this an eight. Eight candy canes. So, uh, wrong. Uh, oh, wrong. <laughs> <sighs> I think ten or more is the right answer. <laughs> All right, Delvin. I'll give it a nine. I know Garth Ennis. I've got a lot of his Punisher. I know that if I read this five-year run, I wouldn't be disappointed at all. I wasn't disappointed in this issue. I wasn't disappointed in the messages that were told in the issue. And I think that Garth has a way of weaving in the character, even as out of this world as Superman can be, and he can relate him to a character like Tommy. So that was very cool to me. Uh, I give it a nine. Okay. So nine's so okay. Now, well, not really, but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's better it's better. Than yeah. Anyway, um I think that's all of us. <laughs> I do too. Oh, Jared. That's all it. the important Jared. people. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. It's too late. He's already eating all his candy cane. No, I'm drinking the hang on, fish my eggnog. <laughs> I warned you about that eggnog. Uh. Anyway, what, what is this? A Chronicles? What is it? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> Just throw out some candy canes, Jared. Oh, right, candy canes. Well, when I first read this and I finished it, I was like, I'm middle of the road on this. This is a six candy caner. Uh, But that's not where I'm going to end up. I have a scale, much like Jason, I break it down between pipe, wrench, candlestick, and rope. I think that's the game clue. Right, makes no sense here. In that case, let me just put out a number. Uh, (laughs) Well, uh... I think due to Paul's enthusiasm and the way he kind of explained to me the broader mm-hmm. series, I'm bumping it up from six. It's not going to be a six. I think this issue, like I said, was more of a message issue. And admittedly, those usually annoy me. But it was a good message. And it was well written. I like the art. I'm going to go I'm gonna go nine on this. I don't remember who else went nine, but I'm with that person. I think it was Delta. Wow. It was me. It was me. I mean, if you think about it, you might not love the nine, but I started out as a six. But through our discussions today, I don't normally go up, but maybe one candy cane, but but I'm definitely more jazzed about it at the end of this episode than at the beginning. So I'm feeling a nine. Nine is a very good score. I, you, I, you know what? I, I'm feeling, respect. you know what? I'm feeling I get to change mine too now. You just don't like being the low guy. <laughs> you, were, you were counting on me to do that. <laughs> I'd set the bar and you guys go, oh, well, I'm, Paul gave Pat a, he didn't like it, so I'm going to go nine. I gave you ten. You don't know that, Pat. You cannot prove that in any way. I can by what Jared just said. (laughs) (laughs) This is the most turmoil we've ever had in the candy Uh, cane section. uh, Salty Christmas. Let's start again from the top. It makes you feel any better. I'm sticking with my ten, Paul. I I do feel better about that. All right, so nines and tens. And and, uh, do I rate it? I guess I do. Um, (laughs) I would imagine it would be a twelve for you. I'm I'm hoping it's, it's up there. 11 at least. Uh, it's an 11 for me. I, I just think it's a really well-written, natural conversation. And it, uh, I think while it does have a message, it doesn't read Preachy in the slightest, which is good because someone wrote Preacher. But um, I think this is um, his best DC series of all. So I think this is better than Preacher. Um, oh, that sounds a lot, I, Yeah. I, too, own all his Punisher stuff, and that's really good stuff. But I think this has a lot more heart in it than the Punisher stuff does. They also but, have a great supporting cast in this story, too. Yeah, I mean, the people in Noonan's Bar, well, there's the demon Bator, which is... Uh, <laughs> That's is, right. I forgot about demon <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, uh, you really get to know them well, and the fact that, like, when Superman had the long hair after he came back from the dead, they were all signing a petition in the bar to get his hair cut and things like that, so that's really fun. <laughs> see, and see, I would like... That would make me more interested in, in that kind of end of it, so... 
Yeah, and it was more the working schmo's view of the DC universe. So okay. when the final night was on and there was the sun was being eaten, they all just sat in the bar and told stories, and they and they were like, "What should we do?" And I said, oh, "No, let's not do anything because the superheroes. This happens about once a year, and the superheroes always work it out." That's <laughs> <laughs> and I want I want to add something. Another um, love song about Garth Ennis. I can't believe I forgot he wrote Preacher. I watched two seasons of the TV show without having read a single issue of the book, but I knew what it was about. And if you're Garth Ennis and you got the Hitman, but they made the movie, The Punisher, loosely based off of one of his storylines, and then you have a TV show preacher that came out, the, the guy can just flat out write. He is fantastic. What Punisher yeah. movie? The Dolph Lundgren one? No. Yeah, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Yeah, I, know. I love that one. That was, I love it too. That was filmed in Sydney, you guys? Yes, it was. Was it? I, uh, yeah. Yes. And he's talking yeah. about the Thomas Jane one. That's That was based okay. on the Punisher story arc. And the Warzone one had a fair bit of um, Garth Ennis Punisher mm-hmm. in it, too. I like that. I like all the Punisher movies now that we're discussing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's read the Punisher instead. Uh, <laughs> let's start over. All right. Oh, now i got to read all right. more books. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you might have to read a comic for your comic podcast occasionally. Oh, uh. You know, I just thought of one more thing we have to I have to say. I made a lot of jokes about my scale, but my scale goes from, you know, how interested am I in to pick it up out of a quarter bin or a dollar bin or whatever. And I think from here on I'll keep watch out for the hitman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on that with you. I'm on that with you. Watch out. You'll get that joke in soon. Oh, I get it. <laughs> well, thank you, Paul. That will wrap up today's gift-giving session on the 12 Days of Crusademus. We'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with any of the comics we cover here on the show, or if you give one of our recommendations a try. Let us know what you think. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade. You can email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com, and we'll compile all the feedback for all 12 days of Crusademus and cover it in the next full episode of the Longbox Crusade. What I would we like now. <laughs> <laughs> you mean here in early here December? December? <laughs> oh, yeah, so oh. I got to wrap Christmas presents. I got things I got to do, Paul. Okay. Jason. <laughs> you didn't introduce me to your friend from down under. <laughs> oh. I'm coming your way, Paul. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'll show you my Vegemite sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us this Christmas uh, holiday season, Paul. And if you'd like to hear more from Paul, where can they find you on the interwebs? I do a podcast called Waiting for Doom, which is about the Doom Patrol, which is responsible for everything Doom Patrol that's happening in the last five years. Good job, job, sir. (laughs) Yeah. And I also do one called DC OCD, which is about DC events. We're working our way through every single DC event and rating them and saying this one's better than that one, etc. And that one's terrible, etc. And I'm on Twitter at reading underscore Hicks, H-I-X. And yeah, that's enough, I reckon. All right. Well, thanks again for being here. We really enjoyed having you. And if you're loving Crusademus out there and you didn't get a chance to listen last year, if you scroll far enough back on our feed, you can find all 12 episodes from Crusademus. Crusademus 2018, and if you go really far, you can check out Crusademus 2017. 
And if you already scroll back, you can go forward and listen to 2020 because it, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> is that how your wife is the same age as your daughter? You like went in a time machine? There has to be a time. I've been racking my brain this whole episode trying to figure this out. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift under the tree is here in the festively decorated Longbox Crusade Studios. Very nice. Very nice. Until then, DJ Kostatos, play one of my favorite Christmas jams. Hit it. and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. You're dropping so many episodes at the moment. I had like seven of your podcasts queued and I started listening to them yesterday when I finished. There were four new ones. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, the bad news is they're crap. The good news is there's plenty of there's a lot of it. <laughs> Oh, you can get multiple varieties of crap, vanilla crap, very crap. You mix we it all you. together, you get something like a Neapolitan crap. Uh, like the summer, summer holiday, or are you talking? I'm talking your holidays. No, it's winter okay. holidays in my in my country. <laughs> I guess so. Because <laughs> I'm so upside so down. Because up. you're upside down. I get it. Oh man, is it like? Is it the upside down like in um, Stranger Things where it's all kind of dark and gloomy? Or <laughs> He's always going to look out for demons. And it's really tough. <laughs> yeah. That's why those Australians are so tough. Man. They got demons wandering around down there and everything. <laughs>
Oh, goodness. Right down there near Middle Earth, man. I read the white parts. He reads the highlighted parts. Got it. And Jason says, as if we haven't done this for two Christmases in a row already. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. I, I forget. 24. The time we get done 24 of them. Almost to the dirt. Well, 15 now, really. This, yeah, this will be. Almost to the yeah, dirty third. I think I'm out of yellow now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start ending all my conversations that way. I think I'm out Watch of yellow. Watch out for the man. Nope, I'm out of yellow oh, now. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> all don't right. Eat, just don't eat it. It's, it's, don't eat the yellow snow, guys. <laughs> anyway, it looks like you got some more yellow there, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I like that beard. <laughs> Fetch him, Mike He's more of a man down under than you'll ever be. <laughs> I was just thinking. <laughs> oh man, that's where they got all those those tools. It's, is there a reason we haven't started? Yeah, this is what we do. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Paul's like, you guys really aren't that funny. Yeah, you, uh, guys, you've given the sausage made. He's just <laughs> giving us a bit of gold. That will be the last outtake. Is there a reason we haven't started? It's 100% the last outtake. Like, no fault. There's, there's no reason. There's no reason. <laughs> it's not a reason at all. Oh, all it's, right. it's midnight for Paul. We should probably start. Let's, Let's roll. Do that. Let's get Paul to bed.